0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Working Dog Podcast. On behalf of Laura and I, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. This episode is sponsored by Herding East Dog Dogs. Herding East Dog Dogs is a business operated by Samantha and Tyre Scott just east of Heredry. They offer lessons, clinics, dog sales, stud dogs and co-host multiple trials every year. They also are resellers of a Anukshuk dog food and summer ranch stock dog supplies. You can follow Herding East on Facebook or look at their website where you'll see Diamond Tea Cow Horses sponsored weekly blogs on stock dog training and their philosophies. I personally look forward to every blog post they put out. I get a ton from it and I hope you do too. Alright, hello and welcome back to the Working Dog Podcast. We are here with Sarah Martin. Hello. Hello. And, of course, we have our co-host, Laura. Hey. Um, we are currently at the Western Canadian Agribition, and we are sitting down with the 2023 champion of the
1: Cowdown Fraturity. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh,
0: Want to tell us a little bit about that, to start off?
1: Um, yeah, it was uh, easy, to, I guess it's easy to say, it was a lot of fun. I. Had a lot of pressure on myself in the sense that I knew a dog, I knew I had a dog that was going to be competitive. Um, it just came down to getting it done, having a little bit of luck, and uh, trying to capitalize on that a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. You did. It worked out.
1: Yes, it did. Crossed my fingers. Yeah.
0: yeah. And this dog, have you had him for a while? Do you own him? What's What's the deal with the dog? Yeah.
1: So I bought him from Elvin Cop um, as a eight week old pup. Um and I've started him trained him myself. Mm-hmm. He's been used on the ranch at home. Um, he's kind of just falling into a little bit more of a solid go-to dog right now um, and he's really, really enjoying that. He's taking taking full responsibility for it so yeah Cool. Uh-
2: well, tell us where, how you got started with the dogs. And, uh, like the, or give, us, give us your story. Let's uh, jump around a little bit here. Uh, and well, and way
1: back in the day, um, I ended up, I wanted a dog, and a friend of mine had offered to co-own a dog with me, um, Larry Storbakken, and he said, you find yourself a good working Aussie, and I will co-own her with you, and I'll help you with her. And, um, and so it kind of just spread like wildfire from there. Um, I went back to school at Lakeland and they um, I found out they had a stock dog club there so I thought it would be fabulous to bring her up which was a little bit of a shock to me as she was a two-year-old dog, was already working cattle and I thought I'd come in and work these sheep easy peasy. Um, that was the first, furthest thing from the truth. She was a very hard dog. There was lots of tears, mm-hmm. lots of out of breath mm-hmm. moments with her, um, but she taught me a lot. Like she taught me what I like, what I don't like. Um, that dog has more grit and more heart than any dog that I've owned. Um, and yeah, it just kind of spread like wildfire from there. Uh, and then of course I had a few comments of, you know, Aussies aren't, you know, you're going to be limited. So I took that as a challenge, and mm-hmm. so why did you go towards Aussies anyways? Like
0: just because you had that so, first influence? That was
1: the first influence. Yeah, okay. that was what I had, and she was a pretty solid dog. Um, wasn't easy Wasn't an easy dog to run. She was definitely a ranch dog. Like trialing was, she wasn't a um, whole listening relationship wasn't her cup of tea. So. <laughs> yeah um, yeah it kind of just stemmed from that and being told that I wouldn't be able to do it so sure. I'm and one of you those yeah
0: and you started breeding them
1: yeah oh, yeah so I bred well Maya she I bred her for my first litter um, and then I got a pup named Billy out of a, from a gal in, in BC and Billy kind of showed me a whole new world of what a working relationship is um, how much fun it can be to have a dog that wants to work with you um and she's incredibly talented she i've watched her turn bulls 2500 pound bulls from 30 feet off and she's 25 pounds um i've watched her walk back cows straight up a hill backwards you know and um she has an incredible sense of group and savvy and like she's just easy to work i can kick her out and not have to worry about mm-hmm. a whole lot mm-hmm. Um, yeah, And then I just kind of thought that we needed some good working Aussies out there so I got into breeding and just been selling mostly to ranch homes and um, I have a few dogs like I have one gal that is doing search and rescue with her one dog and absolutely loves her. She's got a, she loves her work drive so it's, uh, it's been pretty rewarding in that sense too. Yeah.
2: How much harder is it to uh, source the genetics and the traits in a working Aussie than a Border when they are bred for a lot of different things?
1: Um, it's very difficult. Um, and I do find, unfortunately, because the Aussie breed is is very new compared to the Border Collie, um, the genetics haven't been solidified mm-hmm. and they have then been used, you know, for crossbreeding and anything basically because they're cute. Yeah. Um, we fi- I I kind of say that color ruined the Aussie a little bit. That might be unpopular. Um, but people can be a little bit blind when I mean it's the same thing in the horse world. Mm-hmm. You know, color can can take precedent it over itself. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I don't I actually don't even know the origins of the
1: Australian Shepherd in Canada. Like how what was its purpose of being Well, they were actually there? developed or um, the breed itself. They were I developed think. in the states. Okay. Um, and why
2: Australian Shepherd then?
1: I believe they were on the ships and it's one of those, it's, it's a little murky to me sometimes. Um, but yeah, they ended up, um, developed them in the States for, you know, a lot of cattlemen were using them. Mm-hmm. And that was from my understanding, talking to a lot of the older breeders, like, you know, they were using a lot of those dogs before they started seeing the cow bred oh. Um the the aussies their their benefit um sometimes working in the small pens and working uh cattle is that they're a little bit loose ride mm-hmm. um they don't tend to start fights as much um they can and they can't like it's you end up with good and bad in every breed right so i can have an Oz, two aussies that same thing with a coli one will start a fight one won't yeah. you know Um, but yeah, they ended up, um, they started They originated in the U S and, um, were developed there. And, um, it's just kinda, it's a very new, like to me, like comparing it to the coalies that have been bred for hundreds of years. Um, the genetic package is not as, to me, is not as solidified. So I think we struggle a little bit with consistency.
2: (laughs) i <laughs> will have to google that one yeah
1: google yeah.
2: that one i didn't see anyone i was in australia no they were so it is very
1: confusing like they weren't a breed that was developed in australia yeah yeah okay. okay. well all right then
0: <laughs> anyone out there knows message us yeah and tell us
1: yes we'd love to hear
0: <laughs> yeah and then so where did you go from there you sort of trialing a little bit
1: yep yeah so my goals um so i was so starting with the stock dog club uh, my first clinic was with elvin um and we he i guess maybe saw a fire in me a little bit of talent hopefully um and pushed me and and you know and said like i believe that you can do this and you can go out and you can compete and so he kind of put the little idea in my head that that's something that maybe i have the ability to to go work towards um you know And it wasn't only the trialing but my husband like when we started dating they they've had dogs on the farm but nothing of any sort of capacity really and they've you know really saw a big difference in the amount of people that needed to help i mean it helped with their bottom line um we wouldn't have to call six other people to help move cows it was go grab the dogs we're done in half an hour Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that and um so kyle really he dove into that as well as soon as you know he saw that it was going to be a benefit so,
2: yeah, that's well, good to have that support and that practical use for them. Um, so you, you were using it at home. You started trialing. At what point did you roll into the uh, coaching position at the Lakeland College? <laughs> yeah, how did you get? I actually. That?
1: <laughs> so um, when I started, uh, one of my best friends, Deanna Lonsberry she was coaching at the time, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure I was the biggest pain in the butt because I would sit with her and watch every dog work and I was in her back pocket and I was like, why is this dog doing this? What What would you do? Why would she do that? What do we do now? What, you know, and you know, three quarters of the time she was like, we'll talk about it later, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, she was fabulous and she was very keen. Um, she grew up with Elvin's or like was mentored by Elvin as well. Um, and uh, so I was extremely passionate, um, and maybe voice so she so uh Deanna had ended up she she was my first year was her second year so she was headed she was done and then so coming in in my second year we didn't have a coach Mm. and so we would go out and we'd work and I would just kind of randomly make suggestions
2: can you explain how that program works
1: um, yeah, it's so it's a it's basically a club that the college provides. Um, so you send in an application. Brianne Bellwood is um, basically she's at the forefront of the of the um, the club nowadays. Um, I still come in when I can, mm-hmm. and uh, so you send Brianne an application. You. Tell her what type of dog you have. We make suggestions if it's not a suitable dog. Um, we're more than happy to help you find a dog that's going to be suitable for the club. Um, and, you know, they do have to be around 10 months of age to come in September so we can, you know, house the dogs and, and like, you know, just animal husbandry and, and welfare type stuff. Make sure that they're well cared for. Um, they have, we've got a wonderful setup there with dog kennels and dog houses and, and nice. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so I ended up coaching or started coaching and being exposed to a lot of different dogs very early. Um, So I never really got solidified in really saying, this is the breed, this is this, this, right? Um, So I'm usually a very open book. A good dog is a good dog. There's plenty of dogs I'd have on our ranch. There's plenty of dogs that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. um, and they're all different breeds. Um, But yeah, so I basically started coaching my second year into dogs and uh it just kind of snowballed from there
0: and how many years have you been doing it now uh
1: close to 15. yeah yeah
0: wow
1: yeah so and it was it was all volunteer stuff which i loved um and it was a great um way for me to learn to work with different breeds Mm -hmm. it gave me the opportunity to see some like and at some years we had upwards of 16 18 dogs so I got to look at and work with a lot of different dogs and end up learning how to get the most out of the dog. Mm. Looking at what the dog has to offer and building on that, building confidence, and then going from there instead of just saying, this is the program that the dog needs to follow and if it doesn't, we're going to call it. Because that's not necessarily an option that we have with the college students because this dog they brought from home is, you know, they, there's, there's value to that dog to them. Yeah. So, so,
2: how did that experience help uh, develop your training
1: philosophy that you have now? Um, kind of like I said, I'm a very open book. Uh, look to what the dog is wanting to offer you,
2: yeah.
1: um, and and build on that. And don't get me wrong; there's definitely certain traits that I look for, and if they don't have it, they're not gonna right. they're not gonna cut it at my place, but we can develop some of those dogs who aren't suitable for me, for somebody else to be successful Mm -hmm. elsewhere. Um, And I think that's important to look at because not everybody, we talk about it a little bit too in the horse horse world where we say some people want a weapon and some people want a toy. Mm -hmm. A good portion of the people out there need a toy um, that is, that wants to listen, that's biddable, easy to handle, not gonna, you know, cause a fuss, make a wreck. Um, Whereas when you want to get into the performance side of things and you want to trial and you want to have that edge, you do tend to need a little bit more of a weapon that is going to get you there. So yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of, I don't, I I guess I'm kind of fluid in the sense of saying like, I don't like to stick to one way because I don't want to lose out on an opportunity on a dog. Mm-hmm. Because I was too close-minded to say, well, he doesn't fit me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if I can either build, learn to build his confidence, and then I find that to make, if you look to build a dog up with what they have, it makes you a better handler to build their confidence and to to work with what you've got, and then either move them on or keep them, whatever. Um, but instead of just kind of letting them to the wind and either back burner. Or, just shipping the dog kind of yeah. thing right so yeah
2: um has there been any students out of the college rec- or I guess in that time that you've been there that have gone on and entered the trial scene or uh, yeah there's a few some good, um dogs at
1: home? so one gal uh, Jillian Overby um mm-hmm. she's she's fabulous uh she had a dog um that definitely um was lacking in um, some skill at the time and she and and Jill was very open about it. We we talked a lot about her goals um, She unfortunately due to some circumstances wasn't able to pursue her stock dog like career or desires at that time um, And so she recently got into it and well, not recently anymore um, But when she was looking to, at getting into dogs, she had called me up and asked she said, you know, I'm kind of living near by the foresights. Like, should I, should I go see them? And I was Mm. like, you should see them yesterday. Like, you know, go like you, you will like, and so she's absolutely blossomed and I love to see that. Yeah. Um, Brianne Bellwood's another one. Um, She ended up, uh, she had, she got an Aussie from me. And um, she was more like, so when we speak weapons and toys, this dog was more of a toy in the sense that she was very forgiving she would tell Brienne when she was making mistakes, but she wasn't that weapon to, to be super competitive. Yeah. Um, so, it, but it really let Brienne get an in, ease into it. Um, and then she got Link, her Border Collie, and then now she's got Betty, which is a dog that I bred as well. Um, so she's running that dog um, here at the sheep trial. Um, so yeah, there are a few, we have um, quite a few students that basically they come and they've gone home just to take broke dogs yes. to the back yeah. of the ranch. Yeah. And we have quite a few students like that, um, which is nice to see. And, and I enjoy seeing them be su- being successful. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a big deal in itself, uh, just to have that influence and infuse some young people with some knowledge to take a good dog home. I mean, that's where it all starts yes. and the neighbor sees it. And yes. it's, it's, that's really it's good for the industry. So.
1: Well, it's and that's what's going to help grow the industry because I know we've talked to – A number of ranchers who you know well we don't need a dog they're no good right they're always in the wrong spot well if you learn to understand the way the dog is working the way the dog is thinking you can make that dog do some pretty cool things just from natural instinct Mm -hmm. Um, so we do a lot of that at the college developing the the dogs and helping the kids learn to develop their dogs their natural instinct Um, and like my biggest goal or where I feel most successful is when I feel that I have given those students the tools to go home and start more dogs work through their problems by all means call me whenever but I want to give you the, the self-confidence to go out there and say you know what I don't like how this is feeling I need to change it and then they have the, the skill set to do that yeah. and to understand good stockmanship I mean that's one of my biggest things is understanding how you should work your stock properly
0: yeah. you know how do you think the. Um
1: Stockton class at college could improve? Um, that's a great question. Um, we, we are a little limited in the sense that we don't, because the, the arena is not so incredibly busy, they have a super successful red, uh, rodeo team. Um, you know, and so we struggle to, and we're very appreciative of the time that we do get there. Um, but, you know, the, there's a little bit of a time constraint. We get two hours twice a week. You know so sometimes we do struggle getting through all of the dogs which is which is fine we, we are happy, more than happy to de- deal with what we've got um you know i would like to see maybe a little bit more understanding of types of dogs that are going to be suitable to bring in um more type goal setting um for the students um we've talked a little like you and i have talked about maybe doing a program where we have pups that we've provided for the student for a second mm-hmm. year student to maybe train and potentially sell mm-hmm. yeah. or keep or sell back to the breeder. It's a
2: good idea, um,
1: you know. And it's to me right now, I think an important thing if we can is is bring a, a better quality dog into the club um, because you there's there's no denying it when you end up with a better quality dog a pup you can progress incredibly fast with a dog, but you can spend six months doing the same thing with a dog that doesn't have what you need, or you can find a dog that naturally has it and you are six months ahead of that dog dog already. Um, So that's where it would, it's a tough deal because I can't control who brings what and and how we we go about that. Um, And then of course, on the student side of things, it's up to the student to be passionate enough to want to learn and understand and actually take that with, I'm usually about a little bit, bit bit of tough love when it comes to, to coaching. Um, I'm I will be there to help you every step of the way, but if I fi- like I am happy to push you and mm-hmm. I love to push you into this it, within your skill set because I know you're going to be successful. And I want to I want to push you because I like to be pushed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that's answered.
0: Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. What is one thing in the Stock Dog Club that you, that is a strength for you guys? You think
1: for the um, Brand Bellwood, she's f- like phenomenal. She has done so much hard work. She um, is incredibly keen and incredibly passionate. I'm so thankful because um, if it, if it wasn't for her for the last few years, um, we probably wouldn't have a club. Uh, Deanna Chris was the actual the club organizer before that for probably 15 to 20 years Um, you know again like if it wasn't for them there wouldn't be a club and I think it's an incredible opportunity for for kids to come out and not necessarily like you get to learn a lot about dogs you get to see a lot of different dogs you get to um, learn stockmanship Um, eventually in the past we have if we get enough dogs that are far enough along Well, we usually will talk to Ron Hoffman and he's very generous and he'll let us bring in some calves and we'll dog break some calves Um, because I want to send these, you know, I want to send these students home with some sort of experience instead of just saying this is how we would do it, you Mm -hmm. know, because if you have some firsthand experience to it, you know how it feels, you know what it looks like. Um, And it's not always pretty, you know, it's you can put and you can put however much training you want on a dog and then you take it to stock and that all goes by the wayside for a wee bit until you guys get back on track, right? So um, I think, yeah, Brianne is by far our biggest asset in that club. Um, we get, you know, the college is great. We are, were able to have stock. We have a pen for sheep. Um, you know, just having that opportunity and that availability is, is really cool. Something I wish I would have known even 10 years before. Yeah. You know, sure. so,
0: yeah. Um, we were Laura and I were thinking of some questions over the last little while, and everyone has a good dog or whatever right but what does a good dog mean to
1: you um grit heart uh, bit ability and just that desire to be your partner like to want to be with you to do a job and that says it doesn't matter what job it is I'm going to bat for you mm-hmm. um, and then as far as working traits and abilities, um, I like to see some stock, natural stock sense, some feel, you know, some rate. Um, stuff that I know dogs can have naturally that I don't want to have to train into them yeah. and tell them you're too close to your stock or you have to give your stock space. Um, when a dog does that naturally, um, it's a really, really cool feeling to watch and to feel. Uh, Billy, she would do it without me even asking. Mm. Um, she could turn her nose off a stock, take pressure off, put it on, you know, and it was just amazing. Like the work that we, did, like I don't have to say a whole lot to her and she just knows when he's done. Um, you know, obviously you talk about bite. I I do prefer, a str- I will take a strong head dog over a heel dog any day. Um, I do prefer both. Um, I do prefer to see a dog with a proper low heel grip that is out of... Um, it's not out of excitement and adrenaline. It's out of control. And it's there's no adrenaline. There's no emotion that's in that that bite. Um, I had a dog that I kicked myself for selling. That he was one of the strongest healing dogs that I've, I've had. And he I had it to the point where I could ask him to pick up an individual heel when needed. And it was just he'd go low, right in the dirt. He'd pick mm-hmm. it up and we'd carry on. There was no excitement. There was no... It was just calm, cool, collected type work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a strong head dog, uh, something that's gonna walk straight onto the face, you know, take the pressure. No, I don't want to see them slicing off that that flight zone and, and kind of weeding off it and trying to fly by grip to, to get in turned. Not to say that it doesn't happen, but, you know, naturally I want to see them want to take control of their stock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you can even get into bite placement how do they bite I want to see a dog that wants to bite on the nose I want to see where they bite where it hurts make that impression bite them once be done with it Um, don't want to see them taking out eyes jugulars Mm -hmm. ear tags right flanks tails um, those are all unsafe places to be to be biting and it's a pain in the butt Mm
2: yeah
1: you know you got to place ear tags or you got to scarred up eye or you got right Um, and it doesn't ever really end up Voting well for the dog in that, that cow's relationship, right. you know, mm-hmm. They after that, the, the dog is not trusted. Um, so there's, there's a big, there's a broad, there's a lot of things that I look for. However, you don't always, you're not going to find that in every dog and you kind of have to take what deal breakers you're willing to live with and what you're not willing to live with. Um, you know, so there's things like, a heel dog, great, but I want them. Because if my cows are taken off down the road or through the pasture or whatever, and I can't get them, the dogs stop the cows, that dogs have no use to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, dogs, you know, they have to be able to work the heads, take pressure, stuff like that. Um, but to me, bitability, being easy to live with, those qualities go a long way as well. We have a family, three kids. Um, I don't want to have to spend an hour taking energy out of a dog so I can go and get them trained. Um, I want to be able to get them settled in and be ready to work. Um, so yeah, I don't nice. know.
2: I hope that's, yeah, that's, really good yeah, no, that's a really good answer. Um,
1: yeah. what was one of your
2: proudest moments with the dogs?
1: Um, I mean, okay. yesterday okay. It was pretty great. <laughs> oh, that good.
2: well, let's actually, let's <laughs> jump back to that. So we talked a lot about your Aussies, but this, this dog you ran yesterday it was um, a border collie, yeah. and he, you knew he had a good shot at it. So, uh, but I guess it's
1: not super relevant, but anyway, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, well, you know, I seem to get razzed for bringing my Aussies here, and then I get razzed for bringing a border collie. What? So, I'm not really sure what dog you I'm don't supposed know. to bring. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, and Peter uh, got it. Uh, bless his I, I this man; he's phenomenal. Um, he has been a thousand percent supportive Uh, I ended up with will uh, my red Aussie he was a reserve uh, champion in 2019 I lost out to to Peter by nine seconds Um, and that has haunted me to this day (laughs) Um, and Peter's an absolutely wonderful sport like he is, he's, you know, he makes you feel great for being successful. He takes pride in seeing you being successful. Um, You know, when he's been, you know, I, find, I feel that he's also another one of my mentors. Just chatting with him. He's always happy to give you the, your are out working or retrialing and being like, you know what, if this situation happens, think about trying this, right? Like, he's not scared to give you any little tidbits or secrets. Um, because, you know, I think he's just as competitive as the next guy. And he wants, like if he wants the the wind to feel just as sweet that's right, right. yeah um and so anyways so i had uh give him a little shot yesterday that i just came here to, to beat peter because that was <laughs> nah. that, to this day that, know, it was. that has haunted me and he and he was like more than happy oh, for yeah. me um so that was great um and hux he's a wonderful dog um he has been easy to start um There's not a mean bone in this dog's body. I mean, there was kids mauling him yesterday and he was like, yep, it's all good. Mm -hmm. Um, What I really like about Huck and where we really jive together is he does not get upset. Um, He does and he's not used to getting upset. So when he does, he looks like he's out of his element and he's not sure how to handle himself, um, which is quite funny to watch. Yeah. Uh, however you know he got rolled yesterday and he just took it in stride he was like yep let's carry on let's get this job done mm-hmm. um, that goes a long way for me and um, versus dogs that get angry and have to nitpick and get back that certain cow Yeah. Uh, Kyle has a dog that will if he gets kicked by a certain cow he will put her through the herd and teach her his lesson mm-hmm. and then we will spend the rest of the afternoon putting the cows back together <laughs> So you know, uh, but this but Kyle's dog, he's a fix it, fixer dog. Yeah. Like he is a dog that if you needed something done, that's the dog that's coming out. He will get it done. Mm. He's a dog that you have to advocate for because he will not stop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, broken leg, you name it. It's broken. He broke a tooth out of his jaw, and actually the tooth didn't break. It was his the his top jaw. Oh. The bone had broke oh. and. God. He had, Kyle had, like, squeezed it back in, and he went back to work, and I was quite furious, but <laughs> we needed to get the job done. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyways, so back to Huck. Yeah, he um, he's an old soul. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and he is just easy to run. I really enjoy him. Um, super got, attractive dog. He yes, yeah. he's He's a cutie. He is super nice looking. <laughs> yeah. um, and he... He wants to do right and what I really like about him is he has gotten to be more keen and less offended by correction or less offended by me getting into him now. Like he's getting stronger and he's more of the set, like before he would be like, oh I did something wrong and he'd kind of take it to heart. Whereas now I can kind of get into him a little bit and he's like, oh that was wrong, I'm going to do better. Yeah. Um, And to me that comes down to the relationship with the dog and trust and knowing that I can that he's like I can trust like she's not going to be unfair to me mm-hmm. I screwed up so I have to be responsible for that mm-hmm. and then carry on um, you know he's yeah he's just one of those dogs that um, a good portion of ranchers would love to have because I can kick him out he's easy going he's good with other dogs I don't there's not a problem with him. Um, you know I would if I had to I would maybe clean up his bites and that's about it on mm-hmm. him so
2: cool yeah yeah well well well-earned win for you and huh thank you yeah awesome it was uh, it was really exciting to watch and it's it's always great to see somebody as deserving as yourself to pull off a win like that so super good
0: yeah to kind of end it anyone you deal with a lot of people coming into the industry through your school and everything like that Um, what is one piece of advice that you would give a beginner coming into the industry
1: um that's a great question uh i would so if you're for example if you are new to dogs but not new to a cattle operation um you know so you have an operation at home but you don't have dogs and don't know um i do strongly recommend finding somebody that has a similar operation to you find somebody that you like the way they work their stock if you enjoy the way they work their stock you'll likely like the way they work their dogs and you'll likely like the way that they work that their dogs work, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, go and and see, go and watch a lot of different dogs, ask a lot of questions. Um, If you're new to the scene entirely, um, find some mentors, Um, ask around, people will tell you, you know, um, the good, the bad. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are very good at like, you know, Allison, myself, where we, you know, Peter, we are more worried, we are worried about finding you the right fit of dog. Yes. Not just getting a dog in your hands, because mm-hmm. if I can't get the right dog in your hands, you know, just because I breed Australian Shepherds, I'm not going to, jam- I don't think I've ever jammed, tried to put a no. Aussie in your hands, Allison. right? No. And I've never even you know, doted on the fact of, you know, I need to get, I want to get that in your hands, right? Um, That's not my goal. My goal is to get the right dog into the right hands to make a successful dog. Um, So if you find, you know, find some mentors, find people that work their stock well, that have stockmanship. Um, I look look at more so the people that are, it can be trialers, it can be ranchers, it doesn't matter, but the way that they treat their dogs, while they're training trialing not just out in public yes um you know watch videos go to trials network um some of the greatest handlers in north america scott glenn he is more than happy to sit with you mm-hmm. and chat he would not you know you would never know he's as, as accomplished as he is but he like he's his humble pie mm-hmm. and it's amazing it's like that is something to me to live like to want to strive to have that type of attitude towards that you know you're approachable people will talk to you you don't you know people don't feel that you look down on them um, and it's just one of those things where I you know you have to do your homework don't just go and buy the first dog you see on Kijiji you know Facebook can be great but it can also be your worst enemy like find these dogs go to programs and go to proven programs you know where you see two or three dogs that are running in a trial, right? Yeah. And there's some consistency there, yeah. you know. Um, go to and go to people, you know, like like Peter. He has consistently brought dogs to trials and ranches and you see all this stuff, right? You, you see consistency in the program. Um, and, those, and those breeders, they will stand behind their, their dogs. You know, if the dog's not working out, they're happy to make it right, you know? And so, yeah, so big, the biggest thing for me is look at the parents. If you don't like the way the parents work, don't look at that puppy. Mm. Um, Read books, you know, go to stockmanship clinics. It doesn't have to be dog orientated, but learning, learning how to work your stock outside of using a dog is really important. You know, learning flight zones, learning how to move animals without offending them and moving them with with flow and, you know, just learning how things work, because then you can help your dog actually learn and, and work your dog better if you know how to move stock properly. Um, not saying that my stockmanship is always on par mm-hmm. but that's something that I'm always you know, that I take pride in in my dogs and myself is working stock properly and, and having that in mind, because if you don't, your dogs don't they don't tend to last too long if they don't work well. That's right. So.
0: Oh, was lovely. <laughs> Thank you again and congratulations Thank you. again for yesterday. Um, where can people find you and your Aussies and your Collies and whatever you want to keep in your kennel?
1: <laughs> well according according to Peter I just put a, pinned, a, pinned a tail on Huck this, today, yeah. yesterday. <laughs>
2: um,
1: so we do have a website uh gs-ranch.com. Um, we're on Facebook you can always uh, Find me on my personal page on our regular page, um, GSR Woolly Knits. I have I knit lovely toques and headbands. Too.
2: <laughs> you better mention your Red Angus cattle that you And we do. Yeah.
1: Um, we absolutely do. We um, Kyle and my husband we we run a Red Angus uh, purebred program. Uh, we have a sale in uh, end of March, and we have um, a really really strong group of calves this year. We had a, a large embryo deal that we did last year, and we have a Kyle's very excited. There's oh, some very, great. very strong calves. Um, it's probably our best group of calves this, since we've started. So he's, he's yeah. yeah. So it'll be great.
0: Awesome. Well, if you want to get a hold of her, that is how. We've appreciated having you on the show. Have a good rest of your day. Thank night. you for
1: having me. Absolutely. Anytime.
0: Appreciate it.